It's Wednesday, October 12th, and this is Season 7, Episode 10 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is Jeff. Hello. Tommy. What up? And Lucas. Hello, hello, hello. So, uh, Jeff, it's, I've heard that you, you're going on a trip soon. I'm actually going on a trip as well, but let's hear about yours first. So, I am going to see the Spurs Newcastle game, um, courtesy of Peter Harris, a sometime podcaster on this broadcast. Um, one fine day here in the pub a couple years ago, I was talking about how Spurs needed to get somebody with winning experience back on the squad, and I said that Gareth Bale should come back. And Peter bet me that there was no way in God's green earth that Gareth Bale was ever coming back here. And now he's paying for my flight to London, uh, which is great. Um, we did have a scare, though, because they moved the game from Saturday to Sunday. So now we're going to go see QPR as well on Saturday and make two games out of it. Well, I was going to say, what did the bet include if Gareth Bale came back twice? Like, what if we had got him again this summer? Would you get two <laughs> free trips or he would have to pay for first class? I did, go, I did go back in this. Pay for, this, like, some bougie hotel. This or? summer I was like, you know, maybe he'll come back if he was like, get away from me. So, <laughs> just, so no, I, I couldn't pull it off twice. Just curious, though, say if Gareth Bale never came back. Because technically, I would say the, the bet would have been open-ended until he retired. So, say if you did lose, what would you have owed Peter? Um, I didn't owe him anything. It was a very, it was just a one-way bet. It was wow, like, what an okay. easy. It was like, <laughs> Who wouldn't take it, that? It was, that he was basically like Peter, Peter, Peter. Peter. Back, <laughs> I will pay for your. Flight you got, you got to learn to bet Peter. Bet better, to, Peter. To be fair, I have <laughs> I have been on the beer for like a weekend or something and made many similar bets where I'm just so confident in the, like, the nonsense that I'm spewing that I just say, oh yeah, like if this happens, I'll do this. And they're like, well, what happens if it doesn't? I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, it'll happen. Or I'll say some dumb shit like that. So I have been on Peter's side, but it's good man on himself for actually owning up and paying his dues. Yeah, yeah. the only thing that, well, I'm, I think, well, I'm assuming you'll be at the bar on Saturday, but I'll, if Peter's here on Saturday, I'm going to ask him, like, what did his wife think when he found out, like, you're he had to pony up an extra, what, several hundred dollars for another flight, you know, because she'll be like, what? Is he paying for the hotel room, too? And no, everything? no. It was you guys aren't staying together, no, are you? No, no. no. Separate, separate room. <laughs> well, and again, if his wife's listening, and Peter, you haven't told her, then I just want to make sure everyone knows that this is all hypothetical and a fake story. That's wink, right. Wink, wink. wink. I, we're just trying to exaggerate. If she's listening. To make it more entertaining. This is not real. <laughs> but anyway, uh, glad that you'll be there. Definitely if, uh, if, if meet up with people. Um, like I know a lot of our listeners um, like to meet up with people when they go out. So uh, so if you want to meet, catch up with Jeff, we'll give our social media at the end of the episode. So, um, so reach out to him. Reach or, out to Peter. Or I was going to say, shoes out who has been on the podcast in the past and does send us questions pretty often. Uh, if you're listening, if you want to meet up, I'll, I'll set you guys up together. Yeah. A little play date. Yeah, we can connect through the podcast, social media. We've got a few weeks. Uh, the trip I'm taking, uh, I, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, I, I have a two-week trip to Portugal, so I'm not going to be hosting the next two weeks. Tommy's going to be picking up next week, and then it's kind of up in the air who's going to host the week after that, but we'll definitely have somebody for you guys, and we'll have something for you to listen to that week. Uh, so it'll be two weeks till I'm back, but um, but uh, I'm looking forward to the getaway, and I'm going to... 
be able to watch uh, us play Lisbon uh, probably while I'm in Porto, I think, is where I'll be when I get to watch it. So there is a Porto Spurs. doesn't seem like much of a group. It seems like one guy maybe. But uh, but he did reach out to me. It was very nice. So I'm looking forward to that trip. And, again, one guy, when you play away days like that, when you go watch at a pub in the country of the team we're playing, it's like at least you have some guy that's like your backup. So even if it is just one guy, if you're watching us play sporting in Portugal, it's like, Needs to have a few other like lily white shirts around you, so yeah. maybe you'll be watching at his house. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. he's a serial killer. Who knows? Yeah, brush up on your Portuguese on the yeah. on the flight there. He gave me he gave me a couple. He's like, of, yeah, I got uh, the Spurs game pumps. down to this weird. I got the TV in this pit in my basement. Like, just come down and watch with me. Like, it's really yeah. cold and dark, but it's great atmosphere. <laughs> He might be a listener. Who knows? So let's, uh, let's, hope let's so. be nice. I hope he's. <laughs> but anyway, we got to move this conversation along. So let's. We're going to talk first today about the today's match, the Frankfurt match. Um, so we had the disappointing draw last week, and we were coming home, and it was important that we uh, to get get three points here to stake our claim on the, the, this group, um, and uh, we were able to pull that off. Um, First few minutes, I think, were a little bit ugly. Um, uh, we kind of shaped into uh, the match, and we found ways to have goal-scoring opportunities uh, after a, f- a few minutes of play. Um, and uh, we ended up having a really good run towards the, the end of the first half that that really put us in a pole position with this one. So what do you guys think about today's match? Lucas? Well, I mean, and we'll we'll get into the match in a little bit of detail here, but just the first thing, and I think it was probably on most of our minds, is I know we said it here at the pub, just this kick up the ass that we continually need to have is what's, I think, very frustrating at the beginning there. And again, it wasn't as if... It wasn't as if Frankfurt just took the game to us and dominated us or anything like that. Again, they didn't create anything that we didn't really give them. So it wasn't like they outmatched us or had us... Again, they knew we were going to throw out the exact same lineup pretty much. So it wasn't as if they had some new tactics and outthought us or were wanted it more. It's just I don't know what it is where we continually, we see it time and time again, even against Arsenal. We looked like shit. They score, all of a sudden we look like we want to go score. They score again, we look like we want to go score. Chelsea, same way. At the very first game of the year against Southampton, we looked like shit for nine minutes. Didn't really look like we were into it. Didn't really have a clue. They score. Within ten minutes, we've bashed in two. So it's this, this weird thing where we need this kick up the ass to, literally, like, to just let us go play a bit of free-flowing football up top. And... That's the thing is, like, we, we just seem so reserved at the beginning. And I'm sure that's for a reason. I'm sure Conti has some kind of, like, feel them out strategy of some sort. But with this group of guys, it just seems like they need, like, the it, it's night and day until, like, because none of us in here were worried. As soon as they scored that first goal, we were like, okay, that's probably what we needed. And sure enough, within the next 20 minutes, we've had two goals and we're knocking on the door for number three. So... It, that, to me, I think was the frustrating part, is that how do we move past this point where we don't need to concede early to actually go look like the team we want to be? Well, the other frustrating thing was we started the game poorly and we ended it poorly. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. They were down to 10 men, and we couldn't put another goal past them. Then Harry skies a penalty. 
I mean, we were all laughing. Oh, it's a good thing Conte left Harry out there so he could take the penalty, which he immediately skies. And then he has a chance. All he has to do is a real simple pass to Hill, and Hill's in. He could walk the ball into the net, and he does. He holds the ball too long, and then, and then Sky is a header. I mean, why is it so hard for us to kill teams off? Is it just to kill us? It might be. Maybe they hate us. Yeah, so for me, like, the beginning, I'm like, like how Lucas said, I'm just like, it still angers me because, like, you know, Dyer had that stupid yellow card, and then he had that pass, or the pass to him, like, he, that first touch was terrible, which started the goal. But I'm just like, you know, finally got things in gear, son with his goals. Um, But I'm like, if the goal didn't happen, it probably would have been the most boring first half. Like, it, pro- it might have been 1-0 somebody if we're lucky. It'll probably have been 0-0 by halftime. And then on the way, or afterwards, um, you know, 3-1, we got, you know, we're, we're looking good. We got subs on. And for anybody that's ever been to the bar, they know me. I'm like, bring some subs on. We're up 3-1. They have no chance. They got a red card. We're good. So, you know, whether it be Skip, um, Basuma, et cetera, coming on, I was definitely for that because, like, let's build some depth. Let's dominate and build depth. So, with that, I don't fault Conte for doing that, of course. It's just, of course, like how you're saying, Jeff, it's like the fact that we kind of crumbled apart there. I mean, yeah, we got the win. They got a late goal. Thankfully, we had the two-goal cushion. But it's just, I don't know. It's a little frustrating. I mean, Brian Heald, I thought he looked great. I'm not sure if he's Premier League material, but definitely against uh, – Continental competition. I'm not saying he's a definite star, but he's a, definitely a person that should be on. He was tenacious. I, I'll give him yeah, that. And he, like, and he it, looked great. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, I mean, Hill. Hill looks good in these moments where he gets thrown on in these scenarios where it's kind of go for broke type stuff, or we're gonna have all these free chances. But yeah, Hill has no business in the Premier League. Like the like the defenders on Nottingham Forest would eat him alive like like the worst like somebody from Burnley from last season would put just yeah he he just he's a friggin twig yeah there's he's got no business in the Premier League right now and that's fine and he's young and hopefully that changes over the years um but to yeah the, the earlier point is Again, I, I don't have any problem and Tommy and I everyone knows Tommy hates Eric Dyer but like you th- people have anybody that's listening has no idea. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I have no like the biggest thing Eric Dyer did wrong to me was the yellow. If you're a center back, you can't go get a dumb yellow right off the bat within the first 15 minutes because a smart team will attack that, they'll press that, and they'll actually try and force you into your second yellow or force you into being so cautious that you can't make the challenge that you would have made that can lead to like a goal. Like we did with uh, the guy that got. Two yellows. Yeah. And like it was like we within did today, few, within five minutes. minutes. So and it's we like. We exploited the fuck out of that. So, yeah, like a, a better team would have exploited that. So that's what I had the problem with with Dyer. Having your center back take a not great touch, not a problem to me. To me, it was the problem of at the beginning, we seemed to have no attacking prowess. And that's the. So the problem with the goal that we allowed first was. To me, it was Romero playing the ball back to Dyer within our own box like that. There was no need for it. There was several other options that you could have chosen instead of play it back to your middle center back in your own box. Like 
they weren't pressing. Like there, there was no need for that. Like we could have actually driven the ball upfield, but we don't know how to do that until we have a need for it. Until it's like, oh crap, we're down a goal. Like we better go try and get the ball forward. So our, we we just seem to have no. It's the same thing we did against West Ham, where it's like the goal came from a shit pass from Hugo. Well, it's like, well, Hugo's always going to make shit passes. That's what he does. So if we have no threat, don't send the ball back to Hugo. There's no need for it. So it's like we create our own problems. And for me, I'm like, it was just as much Dyer's problem as it was Romero's. Like, yes, Dyer took a shit touch. But Romero, like, maybe, and again, maybe the problem with Romero is he can't actually send it up to a proper right back because Royale was there. So, I mean, that was just a calamity of errors. And it's just, it was it was really refreshing to see how we rallied back from that but really disappointing that we keep needing to be refreshed like that with a kick up the ass. So, like, the thing with me is, like, clearly lessons not learned, but also I think it's also a system issue. And, like, we've talked about it many times where it's, like, our central midfield is lacking, our wingbacks are lacking. So if one of those, I think, is alleviated, things will look a little bit better, but it's – but the way – but, like, I mean, we'll talk about it with Brighton, but, like, Conte brought out three midfielders, which – helped immensely it's like Conte's a win now type manager so it's like we got to make these adjustments now instead of riding them out well are we being a little bit unfair here so Conte went back and we'll talk about Brighton a, a, a little bit later but Conte went back to his preferred formation with the this match and yeah there were some ugly moments but we also scored three goals in the first half. I mean, and, and a lot of that was uh, Sun's work, but there was, uh, you know, Kane's effort to, at times. But we worked as an attacking team in, in the Conte's preferred system in this first half. And, yes, there was some bonehead moments after all the subs in the second half. But aren't we being a little bit like maybe negative about like uh you know he did what he likes to do which isn't always pretty but it got us the result yeah we are i mean in the um the mid you know the the rest of the first half in the beginning of the second half we were awesome we were flying all over the place we should have scored more goals but at one point the graphic showed we had 11 shots and nine of them were on target which is when's the last time you remember that i mean the, the whole trick to the system is that the forwards have to be firing at least one of them. And Sun was today, so it worked. Against Brighton, you know, the balls were going all over the place again. Yeah, we couldn't finish anything. When the finishing is there, the system works really well, even with the limitations we have on some of the personnel. And this was without Dayan Kulishevsky. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think the big p- thing that a lot of people feel is that this system um, that Conte likes to run doesn't, seem to work as well unless we have that playmaker and somebody to kind of back up the weaker uh, wing back side um, and that's Kulishevsky on both um, but we did it today without Kulishevsky and it wasn't always pretty but we, uh, we we got the result quickly yes I will just quickly touch on what Jeff said there with like you need one of the two guys up top firing and today it was Sun like, you could also make the fair argument that it was Kane because he released Sun on that first ball, which was incredible. And then he also, for Kane's penalty, the first one, God, jeez, don't even talk about the second one yet. But that first one, he created that whole thing himself. He drove through like three guys, nutmegged somebody, dribbled into the box, and just got rugby tackled. So 
he created that himself, which was awesome. So I think Kane was actually, and he had a couple, he had that one where he destroyed a few guys down the side and then ended up spraying it over to Royale, which obviously ruined it. But <laughs> there's, but yes, I think like when you ask, like, aren't we being a bit negative? Yeah, t- totally. Like there's so many positives to take out of today. And it, it's, for me though, it's the only reason we sound negative talking about the beginning part of the game is when you're talking about like shots and chances, I think it was through, what, 15 minutes, they had four chances, created one shot on target, we had nil, nil. This is not away at, this is not away at the San Siro, this is not away at the Bernabeu, this was a home match against a team we played last week. Like, you cannot tell me that they're, like, that, that start was okay. And that's where the frustration and the negativity comes from. Is like we played at home in front of our fans. Place was rocking, Champions League nights, and we come out and it took a it took a calamity of errors for us to get an injection of like effort and pace. So all of a sudden, after we were down one nil, it wasn't like they switched their shape. It was all of a sudden we're down one nil, and now we got Kane and Son and Richarlison running around free up top doing their own thing. So it's like. That's where the negativity comes is why do we need that first 15 minutes of nonsense? I, th- I think Conte likes to absorb the pressure at first early on, and some of that can look pretty ugly and give, uh, give the other team some chances, but he likes to absorb the pressure, exhaust them a little bit. Well, yeah, but to be fair to Conte, he's not out there being an idiot. I mean, he can put the system in place, but, if he, but the mental errors and, you know, missing on chances and stuff that we have done so much this year you know he's not out there doing that's not part of his system so the players have to execute and you know sometimes they have not been up to that this year that's i'm glad you brought that up jeff because that was going to be my biggest point is i don't think conte's like oh let's he might be like if we were sitting back and letting you know sending out feelers letting um them take all or let us or we're taking the hits we even before the goal, even before Dyer, we just—I don't think we look great. So if we were organized, disciplined, and defending well, that would have been a different story. Fair enough. But Frankfurt—they're not doing—they're mid-table right now, I think, for, in the Bundesliga. So it's like it's not like we're playing Bayern Munich, Red Bull Leipzig, or Dortmund or whomever. It's the heavy hitters where like they're probably going to dominate and they're very attacking. It's like we—I sh- don't know what it's. The, the issue for or like this keeps happening. I'm like, wh- what do what does Conte or the squad need to do to get through their heads to be like, you know, we got to be disciplined, we got to do this, we can't fall back because if this hap- if this happens against like Man City or if we progress in the Champions League and playing some heavy hitters, we're getting royally fucked. So the biggest thing is we got to set ourselves up for success, which we're clearly not doing. If we put our best foot, if the team puts their best foot forward, then yeah, f- then fair enough. It's just so Anthony to come back to your argument. Yeah, the win three two. Okay, we got the three points. But for me, and I've said this many times in the past, it's how did we get there? It's it just if we got three two and it was back and forth, and then we finally got the winner. I'm like, okay, that's a different story. But it's like we look sloppy in the first half. We let in a goal. Dyer got a yellow card. Uh, and then, oh, fine, we got that fire lit up our ass. Okay, fine. But then we – and we fault – and we get a yep, – guy got sent off for Frankfurt. Sent off. 
man advantage. But then we falter at the end as well. I'm like, and I think the biggest storyline of this whole season with the team is. Royale sucks. No, well, aside from that, (laughs) um, when was the last time from start to finish we have played well? It probably was Norwich. Um, I mean, we'll talk about Brighton a little bit. Like, I thought we had, were in control, but I didn't think it was total domination. But, like, again, we'll get to that. But I'm like, legitimately, what, when was the last time? We put in a 90-minute shift. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was balls to the wall, all-out effort. It was Norwich. Yeah, no mental lapses. You know, we looked disciplined. We looked good. When was it? Norwich. Exactly. <laughs> like, well, and here's the thing. is I'm going to actually spin this because I'm going to turn the conversation into a positive because I want our listeners out there to be like, wow, this is – Let's remember that we won, because I completely agree. So I'm going to spin it now. Let's talk about we did go down 1-0. That did suck. But, again, that reaction, that is what we want to see. All of a sudden, Kane, Son, they just were free to be who they were. Kane, Son, just that first goal. We've all been kind of nervous because Son, when he was touchy at the beginning of the like this season, you're just kind of like, oh, man, he's had a couple of one-on-one chances. It's like he looked just mustard, just put it away, did what he was supposed to, classic Sun, got the ball out. It was like we were ready to rock. And I think Sun, like, he was the injection. Him and Kane, like, just them doing their own thing just took over this game and we're like, okay, we've had our bit of chaos. We've done our shit start. And I think it was, like, mad kudos to Sun and Kane for just flipping the game saying, like, all right, we're going to take over from here. And – it was that way for the next 60-odd minutes until the very end, which is that's, – that's another discussion. And Sun today, he had six shots. They were all on target. You know, so, yeah, he was oh, yeah. completely on fire today. Yeah. No, he, he Second one good. was an absolute cracker and fair play to Hoiberg. That was a beautiful assist. I mean, we give uh, – me in particular give Hoiberg crap all the time because that's the thing that's frustrating about him. And he did it today. So that was a beautiful assist. You know, unbelievable that he picked Sun out and Sun got that volley goal. And then in the second half, he went and hit the ball sideways out of bounds trying to get it to Sessegnon. So it's like, oh, how come you can't just have the good passes 75% of the time? For me, that second one, like Sun's second goal, I'm like, I mean, that is some finish. (laughs) Like that was, we were talking about it here. It reminded me of the one against Stoke City where Gareth Bale just put it on just on the screws, drilled it into the top right corner against Stoke away. God, what was that, like 09, 08? And I don't even remember. But, it yeah, right. the, it reminded me of that one. And its son looked like he looked on just just focused. Like you said, six shots, six on target. Like that looked like the son that we're used to seeing. But I wanted to give Hoybier the biggest shout, and we'll, we'll get to MVP and LVP, but – I think LVP will be <laughs> less of a discussion, but it, it was be honorary. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was year. it was the thing I loved about Hoybert was he actually did the job for Royale. He said, "All right, Royal, if you're not going to actually try and take it to the end line and run past people, well, I will." And he did. Royale had to give it to him. Royale gave it to Hoybert, saying, "Will you go do it?" And he did. And he ran past his man, put in a perfect ball, and waited for Son to just again hit it on the screws, drill into the net. That goalkeeper looked like he couldn't even tell where it was coming from it happened so fast and it was so fluid so that that from Hoybear was absolutely perfect and I thought he was great today 
Well, I just want to spin it back to a positive. Uh, one of the things that we talked about on last week's positive or last week's podcast was the positive we, cast. <laughs> positive cast <laughs> was that we were. There's our title. Of, There's our title. <laughs> positive casts. That we were we were moving to um, a period where we're going to have to play two two matches a week, and and we haven't historically done well in that circumstance, even under Conte, and. Um, Going into this first week, what we needed to do was come out with uh, two victories. And we, we pulled that off. And we're going to talk about Brighton in a minute. But I want to s- spin the positive. With Conte, it's not always going to look pretty. Um, he, he grinds out his results. I mean, that Chelsea team that he, he won with did not look pretty. Uh, but they ground out results and just ended up in the right place at the end of the season. And I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen with this Spurs team, but uh, but I think we have to accept that that's what we're going to be seeing playing out. And if if we can get the two victories that we need this week, that's that's golden, I think. Yeah, and I think my other the thing with that though is in terms of grinding out wins, <clears throat> it's we kind of have to deal with the circumstances right now. Yeah, we added a little bit of depth. We got you know Parisage, Basuma, and so forth, which definitely helps. But we still got a lot of players that. If we're going to compete for titles and trophies, they probably shouldn't be playing. So, and the fact that you know we're we're kind of paying for the paying the price right now, where Pochettino didn't buy any players for three consecutive transfer windows. So, if Conte is going to be here after this season, I mean, are we going to pay that price for the rest of our lives? Though yeah, I mean, well, we've been that, talking that, about a, that for three that's years. That's the thing, now. though. That's that's <laughs> well, kind of the team that we chose. Sorry, I'll be quick, Lucas. Um, no, but like. Kind of Pochettino did after a Harry Redknapp, ABB, and Sherwood. It took a while to turn over the squad. So Conte to get all the players that he wants and needs. This is going to take another few transfer windows if he stays. Well, and, and again, and I, and I think we will. I think we'll back him because here's the thing that Matt. Like again, right now we. I think. I mean, somebody call me if I'm wrong on this stat, so I don't sound like an idiot. But I'm pretty sure that. Like if we win against Everton, this will be the best ever start we've ever had in the Premier League era. Could be, possibly. So I, I'm pretty sure that's the case. And but still, that's not something to just like clap. It's something to be like, okay, good, we're making good strides. But it's also something that we're not. We don't need to like pat ourselves on the back and say, hey, kudos for us, because we don't get a trophy for that. Because guess what? Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, like there are teams that are like Liverpool's well, not that good this year. But. Well, they're on their they're on the downside of their cycle. But they'll get a new manager in, they'll spend the money, they'll start a new process. We need to be able to say, okay, like this is a good start, but build off it. We can't just sit there and be like, all right, well, this was nice. And going back to this actual game, talking about Frankfurt today, I think Tommy had a good point where we, I thought we played really well for a vast majority of this game. But if we're going to go up, we all want us to, right now, this was a big game because we want to get out of the group stage to then get out and play the big dogs. When we get out and play the big dogs, we cannot have starts like we did today, starts like we had against Porto, five minutes, or not Porto, excuse sporting me, Sporting. Lisbon. But, like, yeah, those five minutes where we just stopped defending, like, you can't make mistakes like that when we get to the knockout stage. So, yes, it's a good start, but like, let's move. 
keep it on the upswing with the quick momentum. Quick point by Jeff. And yeah, quick. Uh, the best thing about today was we put the group in our hands. We're in first now. We have Lisbon at home, and we go to Marseille, and they can't have any fans because they're bad people. Um, <laughs> so, so I mean, this is what we wanted, right? And then we we can you know win the group and and get a hopefully better matchup in the in the next round. It's all on us now. No, definitely. Uh, let's go to MVP, and we're going to start with Jeff. MVP, uh, son. Uh, you know, as, as much crap as we've given him all year, he was on fire today. I was going to say, what do you mean we? <laughs> no, hey, he, he, he was fantastic today. I'm just going to jump in right there. He's mine as well. Tommy, who do you have? Yeah, I agree with son as well. I mean, I do I do agree with Lucas, though, about Koiber. I think he played great. But, I mean, son, he was got two great goals. He was on it until he got subbed. So, got to give it to him. Lucas? Uh, I'm gonna say Lucas Moore. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it is so nice to see him back. God, God, we've missed him. Uh, no, yes, yeah, son, layup. Okay. <laughs> Not even close. K- Kane deserves shout. Yeah, shout to Kane and shout to Richarlson. Richarlson had a few that were just. He had a few world class moments. He yeah. had a really nice cross. Oh, that, oh yeah. I Richarlson and Kane in. played brilliant. But it's like it's hard to say not. To Sun. Okay. Uh, how about LVP, Jeff? Do we even need to go around? Emerson Royal was, I was terrible. Gonna say, I was going to say Dyer personally, but. Because yeah, we all know you hate him. I don't well, no, hate Dyer him. Dyer didn't have a great day either. I, I know his faults. A lot of people shy away from it, but realizing yeah, that. The, 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 the yellow card thing, but yeah, I think it, Emerson Royal was just terrible. He gave the ball away constantly, made bonehead passes, didn't really do anything for the attack. It, it, he was terrible. So yeah, LVP. Um, let's uh, move the conversation along. So um, uh, Brighton uh, this past weekend. Let's go back in the way back machine and 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 we came into this match and a lot of people had been screaming for. The, this change in formation to the three five two, and and we got that formation here. Um, some of it may have been uh, how Brighton sets up. Um, I think Conte wanted to do something different here, uh, but let's start the conversation with that. Do you guys think that this this is saying that our the formation we're using is not working and we need to change the formation, or do you think this is more Conte saying? Um, I'm just identifying this particular matchup as we need to change something up here um, because of the matchup. Well, I I think the big thing for me was I I think we threw in the different formation. I think it was because Conti said himself afterwards, he said it was rotation, but I'm like, I think that was a bit of a bit of a deke, if you will. I think we needed to change up because they had just we, we've laid out the formula in the Premier League so many times we did it against Chelsea West Ham like like the good teams have proven that they can actually beat us by out just solving our simple puzzle that we lay out every time overload us in the midfield and I think there was part of it that was that that was we can't let a good team Brighton is a great team they were in fourth at that point we haven't. They haven't lost at home since March, which was us, ironically, when we beat them there. And we now have Basuma, which I think was part of it, where you want to give Basuma a run out against Brighton because who knows these guys better than Basuma on our team. So I, I think that was part of it. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of it was rotation, and I think we saw a lot of good things from it. But for me, it starts and it ends with 
I mean, the character shown by like the guys. With like our fitness coach, uh, what was it John Pierre with yeah, Vin- Vintrone. Vintrone? Yeah, like Vintroni or how I can't speak Italian, but I mean, it was wild. I, I had no idea. Like I had heard that midweek, and I was like, "Oh, that sucks! Like what a bummer." But I, I had no idea how these players reacted. Like that was someone that they all deeply cared about. I had no idea what an impact he had on our squad. So to see these guys like. That must have been a hell of a week, and to see them come out and react like that, I'm like, that was, that was pretty badass by our guys. Yeah, because Ventura he died on Wednesday or Wednesday night, and Conte told the squad Thursday. Apparently, they didn't practice. You know, they were so upset. You know, he sent them sent them home. So th- there was just one day of practice before the Brighton match. So as as committed as they played, yeah, you really got to take your hats off to the squad. Yeah, I mean that was especially, and these are guys all of the all of the inner guys that go away on international duty were saying, oh, he would text me every day, being like, hey, great work today, or like, how'd today go? Like, apparently he was a massive part of all of our because he'd only been there since Conti's been there. I thought when I heard that he had passed away, I'm like, oh, this is probably someone that's been here for ten years. I'm like. But the impact that he must have made in the, what, 11 months that he had been here with these guys is just insane. I mean, he must have been some hell of a, like, some hell of a human being. And for these guys to go out there and actually give the performance that they gave was, I mean, that said it all for me. I'm like, that was some character. Yeah. So you're, it sounds like you're mostly happy with the performance then. Well, yeah, I I was actually kind of stunned by it, but I, I loved the... It did feel like, and again, going back to taking it away from that for a second, you brought up like the tactics. I think that we kind of freaked Brighton out a little bit by going with three in the midfield. I think they weren't really expecting us to do that. Because again, if you're Frankfurt, Frankfurt was probably expecting us to do that, but we just ran the same thing out. So I think Brighton was expecting us to run out what is our go-to comfortable favorite but um, I loved the addition of Doherty, obviously, because Royales was hurt. I think Doherty had a good, good run out. He's clearly not fully there, but it's a good start for him to get back. And I think when we had the three in the midfield, one of our biggest complaints is always, well, we get the ball and we don't really want to move the ball forward. And that happens in the midfield with Bentoncourt and it happens with uh, Hoybeer a lot when it's just those two. But with the three, it really felt like if, like, like with we, what we saw with Hoybeer, I feel like Hoybeer was always able to just go attack and do what he does when he plays for Denmark, and he looks like this, he looks like Ericsson almost. Like, so I, I think it allows our guys to have so much more freedom when we have the three in the midfield. Not to say that Conti's system, like his go-to formation, obviously is the one we want to play if we have the personnel. But with adding Basuma in there, it, it, it just gave, I thought, him, I thought Basuma, obviously the dumb yellow hurt. But I thought that Hoivier and Bentoncourt were just allowed so much more freedom to actually, like, Bentoncourt had one of the best chances of the game, just rifling one on um like that's not something we would have seen if we had just run out the same formation that we threw out against Arsenal. Yeah, I was happy with the formation change, and I thought we had a lot more control of the match. My only, you know, 
quibble was I thought we should have scored more. We still had some troubles with the finishing. We had a couple offside goals and stuff. But given the circumstances of the game with the Ventron death, um, I mean, I think you you can excuse all of that. Well, and uh, do, do you? And I'm going to go to Tommy next. But do you think that Conte viewed this as like, well, we were only able to score one goal with this formation change? Is this how he's going to start, or is it more just Conte wants to change things up? I think he wants tactically. Yeah, I think he wants to be more flexible. Yeah, I think Conte knew he probably had to change things up because the last string of games were to be Frankfurt, Arsenal, etc. We were just getting freaking murdered in midfield. Granted, with Brighton, they play a similar or they play a free flowing attacking style, so that would have left things open for us. But I don't think he wanted to uh, leave that to chance. And it's like, let's nip this in the bud. And you know, having the third midfielder means you don't have an extra attacker, which meant Richarlison didn't start. It sucks, but that's kind of that them's the breaks, let's just say. Um, but as Jeff said before, and I said this um, in Frankfurt, this like since Norwich, like I don't say I didn't say we dominated this game, but we were in definite control. So when Brighton brought on Lana and some other players, I'm like, okay, I like, <clears throat> and then even uh, Conte switched back to two in the midfield. I was I wasn't concerned because Brighton weren't. I didn't think I didn't feel like they were gonna they were a huge threat actually getting a goal. So, as Jeff would say, you know, given the circumstances, one goal, I'm not mad about it. The way we played, I'm pleased with this. So overall, no complaints. Yeah, and the other thing too is, I had mentioned before, I'm like, this is not a team that is easy to go beat on the road. I'm like, this is a team you beat them away. That is a huge deal and. Like, Troussard, for example, had the the week before, he had a hat-trick at Anfield. I don't think I saw him take a touch in the box. Like, we absolutely neutralized everything that they were going to throw at us. They had a couple of chances towards the end, um, which is always going to come in desperation mode. But I think that we did such a good job, like Tommy mentioned, like controlling the game. We got ahead early, which, again, off a corner, like, which is our new thing, by the way. But, yeah, I, I, I thought we did a really good job just neutralizing what they were going to do, and we took advantage early, and we were able to kind of shape the game in the way that we wanted. And I agree with Jeff as well. I'm like, I think there were a couple opportunities there towards, especially in the second half, that I think we could have sealed it, and that's something that we're going to have to square with at some point because, as we saw today, I'm like, we do have trouble just putting teams away because, I mean, even though we were in control, which one of us can raise your hand and say, I felt really comfortable there in the 90th minute? Like, we were all bricking it, just clenched buttholes. Like, that was, that was, like, that's how we've seemed to finish out these games, but we have finished them out, and fair play to us on that. And I think that we did a really good job going to a really difficult place in the Amex and got a result that not many teams can say they can get. And on the Troussard thing, he did have the one real dangerous moment. I remember Doherty came over and made that killer tackle. Oh, yeah. And Dyer yeah. celebrated like, they, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. they just won the FA Cup. They yeah. went bananas. So, and that's the thing. Defensively, we looked so – I mean, I don't think – did you ever feel like Brighton was going to score? No. I mean, we felt defensively in control of that match throughout. We're always going to feel nervy as supporters. But, like, when you watch it back, it's like they really didn't create – 
that many opportunities that could really... They weren't slicing us apart. They weren't going to create a lot of stuff that was going to really hurt us. Well, and I think with this formation, what we're, with the, the squad that we have right now, now if, we, if we add like a legit attacking midfielder at some point, that's a completely different story with this formation. But I think with this formation, with three more defensive-minded... Um, um, midfielders, I, I I just don't think we're going to see high-scoring uh, performances um, when we're playing Conte's typical system, it's more, which is more counter-attacking. Uh, you want the other team to have a little bit more of the ball, so you uh, so you can get these clever breakaways, which we're very good at. I think we might see higher scoring performances, but I think we're also going to make more mistakes and give up, um, make more errors. When you have three defensive-minded midfielders in there, it's it's going to jam things up and prevent the team from scoring. So I, I think this might be the trade-off. Like uh, we can win one nil, or we could win three two. Um, Tommy, yeah. So three four three. That's a de facto Conte uh, formation. But, you know, we Skip has been playing a little bit more. I thought he did pretty well given his sub-appearance today against Frankfurt. So, I definitely want to see Skip get more playing time because what he's more known for is his defensive midfield prowess. So, if he can shore that up and say we have two midfielders, or it would, he would be paired with whether it be Bencore, Hoiberg, Basuma, whomever, that would give that midfielder more freedom, so which to create. So, like, we know Hoyberry can pick out a pass. Like, he, he's more box to box traditionally, but like, he can definitely pick out a pass. So, and there's some creativity with him. Ben Cor can do the same thing, same with Basuma. So, I think that with this, if you, if Sun, or not Sun, if Skip can actually start, this will give freedom for any of those three other midfielders. So, and then the midfield actually could be set. This might take a while because who knows when Skip's going to actually play a full 90 minutes. Might be against Nottingham Forest and Carling or Carabao Cup. But if we give it a little time, we could reap rewards about this and then just solely focus on the right wing back issue. Yeah, and, and I think another thing to think about is I thought Skip today, if we're going to talk about today real quick, just I thought Skip in his little cameo today was again just every time he gets the ball he looks so comfortable and as much as people have slated Hoiberg for like you had mentioned like when you give him that third midfielder especially someone like Skip I think it allows for Hoiberg to have his attacking prowess which is something he wants to do Hoiberg has more goals in the Premier League this season than Richarlson are, are you guys ready to have a uh both Kulishevsky and um, um, uh, Rick Charlson sitting on the bench, though? No, but, no, no. And no. God, no. And here's the thing, though, is you we need the flexibility. I'm not saying this needs to be our formation. This is not what we yeah. need to do week in and week out. But when we play Man City away, that's different than when we play Fulham at home. So we, we need to have the flexibility to say... We can't just run the same formation out week in and week out. I totally out. agree and with that's, that. And that's all I look for is the flexibility. And like Tommy had mentioned, we have the like Carabao Cup coming up. So 
with the League Cup, FA Cup, which we'll get into. Hopefully, we'll be in the Champions League groups or uh, knockout stage in the second half of the year. We're going to have a lot of games, so we're going to need flexibility. And that's where that's just what I want to see is Conti not just be rigid in saying, no, this is the way we need to do it. Because there are teams that will absolutely expose us if we don't change the way we can play. All right. So, Anthony, clearly you weren't paying attention, but that's fine. So I'll just rehash this. No. Those are oh, harsh Yeah, words. sick call out. Yeah. No. So, no, if, if Skip is starting, he can be paired with either Hoiberg, Basuma, or Bencore in the four – in the – as a double oh no! I, I caught that about. Yeah, I didn't feel like that you were talking. So, <laughs> I was so like, so if, Lucas. If we believe. It was, <laughs> Suck it, Anthony! Yeah. You jerk! No. So I was responding to what it, Lucas oh, okay. was saying. No, so I mean, like, so if we're gonna play that, we don't. It's need not all it. about you, Tommy. It isn't. Oh no! So if so, there's a podcast title. Let's just turn this mic up. So, or Dayon and Richarlson don't need to sit because of that. Because you know, like, if we, I believe that Skip can be really great for us, and if he is. And he can develop, redevelop, and be in this role as the D mid. This will allow, the, and as as I was saying, that Jeff was pointing at his skip kit while I'm wearing my day on kit, of course. But so, like, this would allow the freedom for whether it be Basuma, uh, Bencore, or Hoiberg to move forward and then distribute and be more attack minded. Because if you, because the D mid role, generally speaking, they're supposed to anchor the, they're supposed to be the first line defense. And anchor the back line. So, and we've seen this under uh, Jose Mourinho um, a little, or I don't think we really saw it with Nuno, but we saw it early on before he got injured with Conte. He can get it done. He just need he needs to get his feet wet again and actually play continually. No, I I so, to- I totally understand okay, your point, enough. but so but it's uh, I I think the. The problem is, is uh, I think the personnel it, yeah. isn't right for a, a, an attacking system. Is right? No, is. I mean if it's like but, against. But if we're gonna go Conte's system, then yeah, I so we need better wing backs. So, but yeah. if, we're, if we're gonna go the, what we played in this started out with this match, then that we need a better midfielder is kind of what, like I think where I'm at. No, so my, my the two takeaways from what I said is. This can be very situational. Like, we played Man City. We might want to mitigate this a little bit, starting maybe with three midfielders early on or some heavy, like Real Madrid or any heavily attacking team. Because with those, any of those teams, the game is one in the midfield. But against, like, if you're playing, like, Nottingham Forest, Southampton or some lower-level team or lower-table team, and Skip is healthy, let's tinker with this and let's see how it goes. I mean, of course, you don't want to do that straight away. Let's... But definitely try that out against Nottingham Forest um, in the Carabao Cup, you know, in a, in a few weeks. Yeah. Well, let, let's go to MVP and let's start with Jeff. Um, my MVP for this one was Sessegnon. Um, I, you know, it's funny as troublesome as the right wing back position is. We're like so solid on the left wing back finally. Yeah, between him and Perisic. Uh, yeah, and I think Sessegnon play every time he's out there. I think he gets a little bit better. Um, at some point, I expect him to start scoring, too. I mean, he was a goal scorer at, at Fulham, and he scored for us earlier this year, too. I, he just doesn't take as many shots as I think he should. But he as he scored, gets older, I think he will. scored that just cracker against Southampton that he was called yeah. offside by, like, a yard. I was like, ah, come on. That would have been huge to start off the year. Yep. Uh, okay. Good one. Uh, Tommy, what do you got? I don't disagree with Cessna, but uh, mine would be Bencore. I thought... 
the fact that we're playing three midfielders opened up things for him and Hoiberg. I thought Hoiberg plays well, great as well, but I'm going to give it to Ben Core. Uh, in terms of honorable mention, though, I mean, Doherty, I don't think he played great, but I think he did well enough where, A, he didn't raise my blood pressure like Royale would. Um, I think he played well enough where he should get some starts here or there. And then Hugo, I think he was another honorable mention for him is he helped preserve the shutout. I thought he had some great saves. Distribution, I know that's a whole other story, but in terms of his shot stopping, well done. Lucas? Uh, yeah, mine was actually Sessegnon as well. Um, it's so fun to watch him actually grow if he can just stay healthy. Every time, like we saw him today, he went down a couple times, and I bricked it. I was like, please don't be hurt. Please don't be classic Sessegnon. But it's really fun to watch him grow every game. Like Jeff said, he gets better every game, and he seems to be so dialed into Conti's system as to even when, like, and that's why I'm excited to see him and Doherty play again together because both of them seem to grasp Conti's system. If one has it and is bombing at the right post, other be expected at the back post on the left side. Like they that that's what we need in this system and it was it was really fun to watch him play on Saturday. Like he he looked like he was dialed in, so Sessignon yeah, for me. Uh, but I, again, real quick, sorry, big shout, Tommy agree. Like Doherty, it's good to see you back. It's good to see you back. I agree on Doherty. Sessignon is mine as well. I just want to give an honorable shout to Harry we, Harry Kane. We didn't talk about his goal really. Um, but you I'll know, be honest, like, I don't like, remember it. Like it's for, for a guy, a guy who's the our best player on the team, our b- best goal scorer on the team, to be able to get open in a set piece situation, even if, even though it's passed around a little bit before the goal was scored, I I, I think it was an impressive uh, p- play, and and it's a fair shout too. And like what Tommy just said, Tommy goes, I didn't didn't remember it. That's a credit to Harry. He's that good. What he did, that goal was class. That header was bananas. Like, oh, where he fell down and went into it, right? That was an incredible header. And for you to be like, well, I don't remember it, speaks to how many of those he does and how good he is as a player. To be fair, it was four days ago. Harry, (laughs) I remember goals Harry scored. Seven years ago, when you like, came congrats. back that Saturday night, you were you were uh, replaying that like fifty times. Yeah, and I watched it fifty times in a row, and it was <laughs> the best goal ever. So yeah, when you watch Harry do shit like that, and it just becomes like trivial to us, that just speaks to the credit in the level that he's at. Yeah, Def- definitely good shouts there, and uh, definitely a good half. Great conversation. LVP. Oh, we need to LVP. Yes, uh, let's do LVP next, uh, uh, Jeff. You know what? I don't really have one. I don't remember anybody being particularly bad in that match. I thought, the, like I said, I thought the club was really committed and people gave it their all. So I don't have one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'll jump in. I, I can't say I have one either. I thought. Yeah. I, I, that's why I couldn't really nobody, think of yeah, it. Yeah, nobody played poorly to me. Like, I know. would. I mean, this isn't a slight on him, but Basuma kind of had that. It was, uh, it you was, know what? That's a great. That's yellow, actually a great yellow. Yeah. Yeah. It's dumb as shit. And the only reason that it bothers me is because he did the same damn thing against West Ham when he got his first start. He got a yellow within 20 minutes. It's like, yeah. I mean, if he, you want minutes, stop getting yellows in was, the first 20 it minutes. Was just, <laughs> like you were saying, it's just careless. It's and I'm like, yeah. I, but Good like call. I said before, I forgot about like, that. if there was somebody, I'm giving it to him. But overall, as a team, we played well because I'm on the team, of course. Um, but the team played well. You know, we were very cohesive. We looked disciplined and all that good stuff. So, I mean, it might be a little harsh, but from that, I'm just like, I ah, kind of killed it. Thankfully, we had the three midfielders. 
where Hoiberg and uh, Bencourt were able to pick up the slack. So, fair yeah, enough. Fair, fair point. And, yeah, if I have to pick anybody, I'd agree with you. But, but I think this is a good place to go to half. So, the second half, we are going to talk a little bit about stadium naming right rumors. Uh, and then we will preview the Everton match. Uh, but first, let's go to Luke's Locks. Hello, all right, back. Luke's Locks. First up, we're going to take the over in the early game on Saturday, which is one of my favorite things to do. We're going to take Leicester at home against Palace. Uh, We're going to go over two and a half. Leicester seems to have found their stride a bit, especially at home, and Palace is in need of a result themselves, and they're very capable of a goal. So we're going to take over two and a half at Leicester at home against Palace. Next up. We're going to take another over. We're going to take over two and a half again, but this is for our beloved Tottenham Hotspur at home to Everton. Uh, We've had one goal in our last two games in the Premier League, and we're due for a big result. So lock in over two and a half goals for Spurs at home against Everton. Third on the docket. This one uh, feels gross, but we're going to take Arsenal minus a half goal away at Leeds. Obviously... It feels gross to bet on Arsenal, but they've been a solid rhythm and leads are complete shit. So this one's a no-brainer. Free money. Arsenal minus a half goal to get the win on the road versus leads. Last up, and this one might surprise people, but we're going to take the under in Man City versus Liverpool. City seems to be scoring at will, which is why I said this might be surprising, but... These two teams have hit the under every time they've played each other like clockwork for the last few seasons. So I trust Liverpool to know their own status, park the bus, and try and get the result for a point here. So take under three and a half City versus them Scousers. There is your free money picks of the week. Let's go get rich, kids. Well, thanks as always, Lucas. Um, I believe you said that you have a shout-out that you want to make. Yeah, real quick, uh, for everyone listening, Christian, one of our own who's a frequent contributor here on the podcast, um, just had his third son and did us the favor, again, just naming him Nico after our famous Nico Cranchar. So Nico Rosberg. He continues oh. to have sons, and his wife, Serafina, is doing great, and... So just congratulations to them, and keep popping out sons, and we can maybe get some transfers in the January window. <laughs> and we'll have you back once. Uh, yeah, when Christian's ready and yeah. off crazy newborn dad duty, he'll be back on the pod with us. Great, great. Well, thank, good shout-out. I want to move the conversation along. So uh, this week, um, I think it was Monday, uh, a rumor popped up um, in the Spurs sphere i guess we'll call it that that we may have a new stadium sponsor now we've been waiting since the stadiums was built for a a stadium sponsor i think covid had a lot to do with it being delayed um um and they certainly want to get the the most out of the uh sponsor their first sponsorship for the stadium and I think it was good to have those first few years, the stadium just being named Tottenham Hotspur Stadium because it was going to take the bite out of uh, White Hart Lane not being it anymore. And fans are always going to call the stadium White Hart Lane regardless of uh, what they name it. Uh, but getting a big sponsor is an, an important money boost, a financial boost for the club, um, whether that's 
paying off the stadium, whether that's um, uh, buying players, who knows how that money will get used, but all that benefits the club um, and opens us up financially. Um, and this is a pretty big name. So uh, Google has been talked about, right, Jeff? Yeah, it was David Ornstein who reported it and usually can take his stuff to the bank. He said Spurs are in really tight negotiations with Google for this. In fact, they had hired that guy, Greg, I can't remember his last name, from the Dolphins, actually. Which is weird. Why would you hire a Dolphin executive for anything? Greg Schiano. But but, uh, his one and only... Uh, job was to get uh, you know a, a, a naming deal for the stadium, and if he can land this whale, that would be pretty big because you can imagine Google will pay a ton of money, and you know that that moves us a little bit closer to the big boys. You know, well, getting well, that money, two hundred and fifty million a year is the rumored amount, right? Two hundred and fifty million a year? No way! No, that's yeah, that's, that's got to be for like it's, 10, yeah, that's got to be twenty like years or whatever. Because what did what did like when the Emirates? What they get like? Thirty million. It was, it was like, like thirty years for like I think it was like six million a year. Yeah, at the time. like yeah, but it's it, it's probably like two hundred fifty million for a period of fifteen. Time. Yeah, it's, it it'll be an extended deal. The big thing is name brand recognition, and that's the reason that Google are interested is because of what we've done with the NFL deal, and I think that's the biggest point is we've now we've kind of that was. Very forward-thinking by Levy to get us this NFL deal. Whether or not the NFL is popular in the UK doesn't actually matter. What we've done is we've associated our name with one of the biggest brands on the planet, which is the NFL. That is a multi-billion dollar industry that we've just slapped our name right on side with. And if there is NFL fans in the UK, like, you can go get NFL gear at the Tottenham Hotspur shop. Like, like, so we, which is all money that comes back in our pocket. And I think that's what Google's kind of cinched on is that it's no, sleeve, cinch, sleeve sponsor. No shout pun out. intended. Yeah, no pun intended. But yeah, it's, I, I think Google's realized that it's what we've done through our name recognition is if we keep going in this direction, this is something that you want to slap your name tag on. And there's a lot of money to be made on that. And there's, for us, it's now, I, I like you had, you mentioned the most important part. Like to us, it'll always be White Art Lane. I'll never call it anything else. I'll never call, I don't even call it Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We call it the lane. But um, yeah, in terms of like, we didn't, if it does go down and it's Google, it's not someone that was. It's not ISIS or like some crazy. You know, it, it's it's not something. As long as it's like somewhat reputable and they're going to give us a lot of money, I'm like I'm happy for it. Well, and to your point in the NFL, real fast before Tommy uh, goes, um, as most of you know, my wife Shannon works at the airport. Like the Green Bay Packers coming through the airport fans coming through the airport to fly to London this past weekend when they, when they played oh, at, yeah. at our stadium um, and didn't really know that they were playing <laughs> going to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium but they, they they were going over to see the Packers in London did you um, boo them for me which was the <laughs> they were at the airport but it was you can tell that it's like a huge marketing opportunity especially connecting with the U.S. And, and, and there's always that with, with what we've seen with the amount of how many Tottenham fans have become fans because of the, I, I know 
I can think of a dozen off the top of my head that became Tottenham fans because of the Amazon documentary or because of the show Ted Lasso in like, or not even the show Ted Lasso when the original the commercial, ads, yeah. the original ad, like, and for everyone listening, if you don't know, go back and look up the original Ted Lasso in 2013 when we got the NBC Premier League contract. Yeah, the, I'll just preface the first scene. I've seen a few episodes of Ted Lasso, but the first scene of Ted Lasso when he's the or Tottenham, the coach. press conference that is word for word what he what he did for the NBC. Yeah, vignette. so yeah, the People entire show. Yeah, people don't even remember that like Ted Lasso was built on like a bit from an NBC commercial that ran around Tottenham in 2013. So, but we had loads of fans that came off the back of that, and then the show Ted Lasso. I know fans here in America that are like, "Hey, Lucas, have you seen that like Wrexham thing?" Like, it, like. So people are trying to get into football, like our football, and it's any connection that you can give them is going to get you fans and money. So if they're like, oh, I'm a Packer fan living in Green Bay and I'd like to get into like British football, and the Packers are going to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, that's the first thing they look up. So it's all that stuff matters. Not to us and not on the pitch, but it matters in terms of getting us the revenue that we can start buying dudes and competing like Newcastle will be in a few years and Man City. So that's that's really good business on our end. So for me, I for one, as an Android user, am very excited at the prospect of this. Um, for anybody that watches hockey uh, and knows about the San Jose Sharks, uh, their stadium at the time used to be called the HP Pavilion. So if this deal actually happens, I wouldn't mind hearing seeing the stadium be called Google Home. Yeah, fuck you guys. Oh man. Yeah, that would be hilarious and awesome at the same time because it will be like so many facets of marketing. But to be a little more serious, this brings a whole range of possibilities technology-wise. Because Google, they're doing like Google Fire. They can do like IT infrastructure. They can do a bunch of cloud cloud stuff. Um, kind of what they have with Google One right now for their cloud coverage. Uh, the possibilities are endless with this because they're buying companies left and right. So like they can, int- so HP and fuck HP because I hate them. But like they're doing a lot of the IT infrastructure right now. So if they, t- so once that contract runs out and Google, like Google can in theory take over for this, this could work. This could create new jobs for them um, with you know the infrastructure, uh, random pieces of technology. So and also. I'm a Google shareholder, so I would be contributing like my. <laughs> my, oh, my I see. Hey, there it is. Yeah. I see the So I will be contributing a billionth of a cent into the sponsorship. So I can honestly say, hey, I help pay for the name for this stadium. Fuck off. Uh, no, no I, you sound like a proper Packer fan now. Well, what are those guys who is? Yeah. I have a quarter share, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One, of the, yeah one of the owners. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's just again, it's. It's weird because, like, to all of us, it'll always be White Hart Lane, and we always want to hold on to, like, what football used to be. And, but I, I think you have to, in some end, or to some end, like, you have to accept that it is going to be about, like, who can do the best business moving forward. That it, it's what it becomes. Like, the Premier League is a business now, and it's no different. Like, everyone says, like, oh, well, like, I'm happy about the way things are going, but it's like, would you rather, like, the Saudis that came in and bought Newcastle, like, 
would you rather them have bought us? Like, I would be the first to raise my hand and say, hell yeah. Or a brand like, was actually our first that's, choice. That's what, that's what football is now, is it's who has the most money, you control the market, you control the domination of the pitch. So it's like, I, I think that we're not doing it the way of like some oil tycoon or Saudi government coming in and buying our team. But we're which doing I'm happy it, about. Which... Or yeah, Russian to oligarch yeah, to an extent. or any of it. Like I'd rather to have extent. Google than Well, to an extent and, and if you are Google happy just about spies on your privacy. Yeah, you say Google people. just knows like my search history, which I will probably need to pay a few quid to get that back, but like they'll cost or me using, fund, yeah, they'll fund my season ticket being like hey or just using cog- it's double the price if you want mode. your search history back. But no, it, it's it, it's what the game is now, and we all kind of need to accept that. And as much as we want to hang on to the past, we need to embrace the good parts about the past and make that, no matter what we call White Hart Lane, even if it is Google, even if they add Google new Home, te- yeah, if they call it Google Home or Google Stadium, whatever, to us, keep the traditions of White Hart Lane alive, keep the momentum from what we all experienced at White Hart Lane for generations. Like that's the part that we need to keep going and. I don't think that's ever going to die. So nobody's going to call it the Goog. You could, yeah, no. Google I mean, you could call it. It could be called Maxi Pad Stadium, like or like they could throw. We could have like Preparation H could throw out. Oh, they could they could throw out a. They could throw that out. Like really of course, down we'll, the rabbit hole. Yeah, we'll take we'll take jokes from other teams, but it's like to us, it'll always be the same. It'll always be we've built it so well as a stadium. Preparation we, H. Yeah, yeah. The Preparation H home, like we've built it that way to be so similar to what it was at White Hart Lane and I think it's up to us as the fans to keep those traditions going so we really don't care what it's called just get us more money and we can buy new players whatever well my biggest hope is that the day if this deal does get inked the day it gets inked that they will put two cockerels on, on the Google homepage like because uh, oh they're damn well better yeah, yeah oh, 100%. Uh, that, that would be freaking awesome can you imagine Arsenal fans looking at Google the day that happens. They should permanently set that for Arsenal fans yeah. and Chelsea fans. You know, where they can't they <laughs> yeah. no do it based it. on based on your geography. So it's like yeah. if you're logging into Google yeah. in like anywhere near the library, it's like, well, that's yeah. yeah or it's like it's them. Like, it's yeah. like, okay, great, we got five minutes. But like, oh man, we have visit Rwanda. It's like, you see, and it's like you oh, see a lot of people switch to Bing. Yeah, it's like, oh fuck, I've used DuckDuckGo or Bing now. Fuck Google, blah blah. blah. And it's like, but ra- another random thing is like with technology, like. As a pixel owner, it's like you can set Tell up. Tell us all your shares, by the way. Like, what else do you own? Pixels, Androids? Well, they're all under the Google umbre- or Alphabet umbrella. Technically, it could be the Alpha or kind of, well, Anthony would know since he knows New York City very well. You can call it Alphabet City because that's the parent company. You lost me there. Alphabet, always- City, Alphabet City is a neighborhood in Manhattan. Oh, okay. Well, well yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're well. No, moving this on, I, no, I think no, we all agree. Nobody goes to Manhattan anymore. This would be a good I think thing moving, for us. Yeah, moving this on, I think we're all in agreement that it's for the best interest of the club. And if you have, if you have like concerns about the fact that we're going so corporate or whatever, it's like, well, then you really need a glass to cop on because this is this is what football is now. So we've done it the right way, and that's a mad credit to Levy, by the way. Levy has built our club with the new stadium to do it the right way through the right environments. And 
I, I think that that's something we can all be proud of. And if we call it Google or if we call it Preparation, <laughs> call it Preparation Eight Stadium, whatever it is, I think we're all going to be proud of it. So. You know, it feels like Preparation Eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. It's irritating that comforts you. <laughs> but anyway, not, oh sorry, I'll be quick. Not gonna lie, since Lucas brought that up, I'm gonna be lying in bed tonight, ready to fall asleep, and I'm just gonna randomly giggle, and Lucas will hear it down the hallway, and he'll be like, "What are you laughing?" Or he'll be like in the morning, be like, "What are you laughing?" I'm like, "Preparation H Stadium." <laughs> but anyway, so this weekend we take on Everton uh, at home. Uh, so I think an important match, especially after the congested week. Um, it's 11.30 here in Chicago. Uh, they're, they're currently 11th place in the league. Uh, they did uh, lose to M- Manchester United on this past Sunday, uh, 2-1. Um, and they won the pr- their two prior engagements, Southampton and West Ham, and then drew Liverpool and Leeds. Uh, their top goal scorer right now is Anthony Gordon with only two, but he's also hurt, I believe, so uh, he won't be available or possibly won't be available. Uh, Alex Iwobi has three assists, so he is a pretty good playmaker for them, and he is their top-rated player. Um, we all know the last time that we faced them in March, we won 5-0, so we yes, handled we them very well uh, at, at home. Um, we had two draws prior in our prior engagements and two losses prior to that. Um, so we've... Um, we handled them well recently. They're they're not the team that they used to be that gave us a little bit of trouble, I think. Uh, where are you guys at on this match? Well, first of all, that 5-0 that we won last spring was... My favorite part of that was when Romero posted... Like, we were up 5-0 and Romero just absolutely mulched Richarlson for a yellow card. And Richarlson was on the ground rightfully so and Romero took that and posted it to his Instagram like just to take the piss because I think they had like a bit of a Brazil like yeah Brazil Argentina rivalry going on so to me that was my that's my favorite memory of that but no this isn't like again Everton's a guy they have guys they have guys that can go hurt you they have guys that can score they have guys that can make plays it's but they're not a team and that's what they've. That's been their problem. Because even last year, they had guys that were very capable of. I mean, they beat Arsenal away, like that. That's or at home actually, but like they beat, they actually nutted up in a lot of games, and you could see that this is a team that has a lot of talent. If they were not able to slot Delian, and I know Deli was not on his best effort when he left us, but that's a team that was battling relegation. And thought they couldn't use Deli Alley. So they clearly had guys, but they're just not a team. So this is a team where we need to actually go out and be the aggressor. We have to jump on this team. If we can score early, we win this game by seven. If we don't, this could turn into one of those really weird games where it turns into one, like it's 60th minute, it's nil-nil, they get one, and now we're just begging for the equalizer around 80. But I, I think we'll actually be... I think we'll come out and be the aggressor, and I'm really excited to see that Kulichevsky's been back in training. So I think we'll have options, which is something that I can't say oh, for that. And it definitely helps that Lucas Moore is back too. Damn right. And he played a little. God damn right. He had a cameo today. So, like, sorry, I'll be very brief before you get in, Jeff. But, like, the fact that, 
you know, we got a little extra tools in the toolbox. We got Dayon, we got Lucas Mora. Dayon, very technical and can attack, but Lucas Mora, I always said it, yeah, he's not the greatest player, but he's, he, he's got pace to burn and he draw, draws fouls. So if you bring him on for like the last 15 minutes while everybody's tired, he's going to at least draw a few fouls, which could lead to either penalties or some short free kicks. Yeah, I was going to say, I assume Richarlison starts this one um, based on, you know, Conte starting Basuma against his former team. Um, and I'm sure Richarlison has something to prove to his former team. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, this should be good for us at home. I don't does, I don't want to be overconfident. Does Richarlison, but, Richarlison doesn't have a Premier League goal, does he? I think he only had two no. against Marseille. Yeah. So that, oh, see, that's going to suck. Is when that's going to be the worst is... I know he's going to score this weekend. He's going to get his first Premier League goal for Spurs at home, and he won't, be, and he won't be able to celebrate. Like that's yeah. going to be. I wish it was against someone where he could just go banana rama and just rip his shirt off like he did against like what was it Fulham where he, he oh, got the, the yellow. Yeah. yeah, but I think yeah, like we had talked about. I think it's it's really important because we talked about in the Frankfurt game today where that that thing about starting slow and like this is a game where I don't feel like we can afford to do that we need to jump out and be the aggressor from jump street and I think we'll see because we can't see Royale which is nice so we'll see Doherty out there I think we'll see Perisic play we'll give Sessa rest so we'll have guys that bomb forward and we can do it from both sides which is nice today we didn't have that option it's again one or the other we'll have two attacking wingbacks so we'll have the options of going from the left or the right who can both play balls in and be expected to be at the opposite post. So I, I think we'll see that, and I think we'll see a lot of aggression from us, which is what we need, because if we get that early goal, it's, it's put to bed. If we can get that first in within the first 20 minutes, it's, it's going to be a really long day for Everton. Okay, a few comments about this. So... Isn't Royale suspended for three games, or is it just the one? Three. He's, he's, yeah, he's okay, got, so, it was a straight red, yeah. It was, okay, straight so red, so he's it got was the two first more. card of the match. Okay, so, so Doherty is the red. de facto starter. I yes. mean, I think, you know, of course, Spence, he's got the potential, but, you know. We won't see yeah, him Yeah, he's not cut. coming on. I would love to see him get a few minutes, though. I wouldn't mind either. But, like, I mean, if we're that's, doing but well that's, But, again, that's not up to Conti. That's up to the rest of us. That's up to, like, the actual – that's not the rest the, of us. The rest no, of yeah, us. yeah, not the rest of us. I mean, shit, not the rest of us around this table. But no, it's a, it's to the rest of the players on the pitch to actually go get the, get the job done, seal it, and then again, Doherty got his first run out against Southampton. Why? Because we were up four one in the seventieth minute, so we could give him a run out. For Spence, he got his first run out against Forest which was a bit of an homage, but it was also because we had that game locked 2-0 up in the 80th minute. So for, for Spence to get a run out, we'll need to actually have our guys go out and do their job and make it comfortable enough where Conti can say, I know we're not fully there yet and I don't trust you, but go out and do your job and let's see what you can do. But we need the guys, the, that starting 11 needs to go do their job and seal this shit early so we can get other guys like Spence a run out. We're going to have Tommy res- respond to Lucas, and then we're going to answer the question, what formation you think we'll see this match? Actually, well, I had other points, but I can lead into that. Well, yeah. well, actually, my first question before I lead into that, what's the deal with Calvert-Lewin? Like, has he not been playing? Because you didn't – I assume he would have been the top scorer 
No, he he, he didn't appear. Patterson also appears as the second top rated. Oh, he was. Okay. So okay, so it is what it is. So, but the thing. So I'll lead into the lineup with uh, a minor, long-winded thing. Um, So what? uh, Frank Lampard. He plays an open game. So that's a style that we usually do well against. So like as Lucas said, like you know, we got to be on the attack. So like this would be a good game to. To do this, I think because we are playing at or we're playing Everton, it's going to be open ended. We're going to need some speed. We're, so I think the three four three. I, there's no. I don't. I don't see a reason right now for Conte to go back to three in the midfield like he did against Brighton. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me personally. Disagree all you want if you must, or I'm assuming you will, Lucas. Plus, no, and I, I agree with you. And plus, the other thing is. In the Premier League, when you go away, it doesn't matter if you're going to Brentford. It doesn't matter if you're going to Watford or Stoke City or whoever the hell would be up here. It's When you go away in the Premier League, it's it's tough to do. And it, it's tough. It's always impressive to get a result with three points away in the Premier League. And I think that when a team comes to our stadium, which we've now kind of made a fortress, bar Basuma, slicing us open last year we've kind of turned our place into a fortress which is good that's what we want it to be and most teams are not going to be trying to come at us with most teams bar like city or liverpool aren't going to come to white Hart Lane and try and bring the game to us so i think that we'll see everton everton if you wrote this on paper right now and said hey you'll take a one take one point at the lane this weekend they would take it they'd bite your hand off for it so I don't think we'll see us change. We'll do the exact same formation as we had today. Probably the same. I think we'll swap in Ben Davis for Langley. And, we'll and then throw obviously in, Doherty. For, we'll swap in Doherty because he has to be in there. Well, and, also and, he and, can, and, Perisic. And, and we'll swap in Perisic probably. So I, I think that's – we won't see a crazy aggression from Everton because they're more than happy to come out and get the point. Especially with the start that they've had. Like, getting a point at White Hart Lane is a very good result for them. So, I, I think it's up to us to use our formation and use our attacking wingbacks to actually try and go press, like I said, well, for that first goal. Well, that's kind of what I was going to go towards is I wouldn't be surprised if there is not an insane amount of turnover with the three-four-three, just because, you know... I would say midfield's kind of shaky. Royale's out, but like Doherty can go for it, and it's been proven. So, you know, Doherty and Cessignon on the flanks, um, and then like since I said uh, Frank Lampard plays open, we can definitely counter. So we'll have the speed of Richarlison's son, and Kane can pick up the pieces. So I think for the most part, the starting eleven will speak for itself. How you said Langley will be swapped out for Ben Davis. Of, that would make sense because well, I, I trust Ben more in the Premier League. Yeah, Langley he plays. He's more of the starter for uh, UEFA or the Champions League. So, and fair enough. But it's, I mean, of course, with this, three points are vital. And the other thing we have to think about though is why I don't think there's going to be an insane amount of changes. We're not playing next week during the weekday. Yeah. So following game will be Newcastle. So. This will give players time to rest, and I, I think a big shout we, needs. Do, I think don't we have a midweek? Uh, not next week. week. No, I think we're off. 
After Newcastle, we play. Uh, I I thought we play like. Am I wrong? Manchester United. Like, oh I, shit, we do. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks, Tommy. Yeah. So, My yeah, bad. When, so, uh, so your thoughts? Uh, do you want to recalibrate your thoughts? No, but I I think that I, I still maintain my stance. I because I, I'm mean, sorry. I'll be very brief with nah, this. So, I mean, Conte hasn't done a lot of turnover, but regardless of that, we still have a lot of players like Dayon's comeback, Lucas's comeback. So, for argument's sake, say if we're winning five one, or if we're if it's a one one draw in the 60th minute, both of those players probably will come on regardless to get more attacking going on. Yeah. And- I think the last thing I'll add is just that I, I think it's a – I think we'll see – we've seen such great things out of Richarlison so far, but I'm like, I think we'll see a top just – in. I think we'll see a level from him that we haven't seen yet. Not because he wants to stick it to Everton or anything, but just I think he wants to prove to Everton that he didn't leave him for no reason. So I think he's – because he loves Everton still, but – I think he'll he'll be putting in some hell of a performance for us on Saturday just because he wants to prove, like, yes, I left because I wanted to get to this level, and I want to prove that I'm at the level that I left you for. Jeff, bring it home. Oh, I, was gonna, I think it'll be a 3-4-3 as well. I do think one of the midfielders is going to sit, probably Betancourt, and probably Basuma comes in for him. Okay, so you think really? maybe a, a, I don't, well, I mean, a swap out here in the yeah, midfield? Yeah, I mean, he, he just... Yeah, he's been he's been riding Hoiberg and Bettencourt. Although I mean, no, he but mi- he's been riding he mi- him for a while. Right, for he a mixed while. in Basuma, but you know he's got another midweek game coming up with United. That I would assume he's going to want both those that, guys. That's for. a very so I think, important. I game. think one of them is going to. I wouldn't. Sit. I mean, since we got five subs available, like, I mean, I, I'm hoping that happens, but I wouldn't be surprised if Basuma or Skip came on. You know, like 60, 70th minute just to relieve them, you know, just so they can finish off the game and maybe build some depth and then assume maybe even start on Wednesday. So because of that, we can build some depth that way and just, you know, have some of the other usual suspects take a rest. Yeah, and I think that for me, I think that's why it's so important that we go after Everton early is because, like I had mentioned, that it's it's really difficult to go on the road in the Premier League and get three points. And bar the one time in the last what decade that we've gone to United and actually well that's not fair twice but we've gone and actually gotten points at Old Trafford so I I don't think that will be on the docket is something like we're trying to do is I think trying to get a point at Old Trafford would be a great result so that being midweek it's really important that we go after Everton early get that get that result and then we can kind of try and pack in and worry about like formational changes against United, try and do whatever we have to do against them on the road, which is that that will very soon be the focus as opposed to just Everton at home. Or Conte could go for both. But but uh, we have that rotation now. So yeah. if we if we have the healthy squad, we can do both. But we'll see us go after Everton with Conte's preferred formation against a weakened Everton side at home, and then we'll see him do his rotation against United and see if we can't come up with something probably in the second half. Well, and I think Everton is a team that if if everything goes well, you could steamroll in the first half, and then you could make those substitutions to prepare. We've seen it done. For the, <laughs> uh, for the second half. So 
like even if you give up a couple of goals with your rotation, like we can prepare for United that way. So it's it's possible. But if it doesn't go well in the first half, then we could be in a precarious position because we struggle with uh, two matches in a week, and uh, and Conte certainly trying to improve upon that. But uh, uh, it's kind of up in the air. Um, I think this is probably a good spot to go to predictions. Uh, let's start with Jeff for predictions. Um, I predict four nil Spurs. I think two from Sonny now that he's starting to get it back into a purple patch again. Um, one for Richarlison against his former team and one for Kane since he just seems to come up with a goal every match even if he's playing badly. Tommy? I'm actually in a similar vein uh, except it's three nil. So I got Kane, Son, Richarlison. Uh, Lucas brought up a good point earlier. It's like he's probably going to score. I don't, I'm not saying he has a point to prove, but I think you know he'll definitely be up for it. Just with it, he's been playing well when it replays, so why not? Good shout, Lucas. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, two nil. I'm gonna say Brazilian Bash Bros. I'm gonna have uh, Richarlison scores and Lucas Moura scores off the bench. I'm gonna say four one. Um, I do think it will be high scoring. I don't think necessarily they might find a way to squeak a goal in just because we can be sloppy at the back at times um i am gonna take uh kane for one son for two and i'm gonna say dan kuliszewski comes in late and scores one for us who uh, scores so the no, other i said four so i said you said kane son had two son for two my bad son for two yeah um, so, so no Rick Carlson goal here. So um, that that would be my prediction there. Uh, let's have final thoughts uh, on the week that was, the week that's coming up. I guess as moany and groany as we were last week, you know things are going our way now. You know we we're still in third place in the Premier League. We're in first place in the Champions League group stage. So we just have to keep building on how we started. Yeah. Uh I agree completely. Uh, my final thoughts would just be, again, the old saying, football is fickle. So we lose to Arsenal. We all lost the plot because it was Arsenal. But then we had a bad result, if you would, against uh, Frankfurt. And we were all kind of in a down place. And since then, we had a really impressive result against Brighton. Really impressive result today, despite how it looked at certain times. And I think that's one of those things is over the next three games, we could be we could grab nine points out of our next nine. So I, I think just keep the fact that we've actually had one of our best starts ever and Conti seems to kind of be slowly getting these guys to do what he wants and trust the process in Conti's eyes and we'll get there. So stay positive. Yeah, positive even, cast. Positive cast. Yeah. Even though I was having a little bit of a moan earlier with uh, against Eintracht Frankfurt, you got two wins under a belt um, since Frankfurt and Arsenal. So let's uh, continue the good run, and hopefully we can make a good push until the World Cup starts. And we're still in pole position to win our group now. Are we not in first in the group now? Yep, we're in first. So with two games left in the group stage, we can potentially win the group. And the year that we went on to win the champ or win, Jesus Christ. That went went on to go to the Champions League final. That year, after three games, we had one point from nine. So, this is a much much better group stage performance. So, 
Yeah. yeah now, after four games out of six, we're in pole position to win the group. So let's keep it up and hope we can keep doing the job. And just to add to your guys' points, as much negativity as we have as a fan base, I think there's a lot of positives to latch on to as well. Yes, performances could be better, um, but we have a coach that's leading us in the right direction. The club seems to be backing him. Um, there is a future building here, um, and there's a lot to be positive about that we ha- we have to kind of get past the, the constant negativity all the time. I, I look forward to this upcoming week. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity where we can prove ourselves as a club, and, uh, and I think we're getting closer. Like uh, we're, we're figuring out what we have to do to be successful with this current squad. Yes, and 100% want to back that because everyone needs – everyone thinks just because we got Conti that all of a sudden it's going to be – we're now all of those world-class winning sides that he had. Just remember, it was, I think, Klopp's Liverpool. Klopp was at Liverpool for three years, didn't win a single trophy, finished behind us all three of those years, and didn't win shit before his team started clicking. So it takes time. It takes transfer windows. It takes, it takes a few years before if you get a proper manager in that wants to implement a system. It, it's going to take time. And I think we're right on track. And... Yes, today there were moments that made me want to tear the hair out of my head, but that's it's part of the process, and we'll get through that and just keep just just keep believing in the fact that we have Conti and we have guys that are in his system, and he's building something that we really hope can be special. Yeah, so really just come enjoy the proceedings at Preparation H Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, as Saluka said, just remember we did this with Mauricio Pochettino took us two seasons for him to clear out the riffraff and to well I mean we choked second place but it's another story but we got third so be patient you'll reap the rewards yeah well I think this is a good place to wrap it up uh, so I am Anthony you can find me on Twitter at Callahan42 K-A-L-I-H-A-N 4-2 uh, Lucas, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram, same one, L-U-C-A-S, like Mora, R-U-S-K-E, all one word, Twitter and Instagram. Tommy, where can we find you? Uh, you can t- find me on Twitter. Uh, handle is Lily White Coys. Hey, Jeff, where can we find you? Um, only on Facebook and you know, usually through the Tottenham group there, the t- Chicago Spurs Tottenham Hotspur Chicago closed group. You can join if you're a real Spurs fan. Just answer the question. Yeah, if not, or I would say go to tag us on Twitter with your tweet and then be like, this is for Jeff. And always at Four Star Spurs. Anyone, we can all find it there if you just tweet at Four Star Spurs. Like, we'll find you. Yeah, definitely. But that about wraps it up. So thank you so much to Tommy for editing tonight, me for sound. Charlie for the music, Sam for social media, Kimberly for the logo, and as always, the Atlantic Bar and Grill. Great to be recording here. Find us on our many platforms. Uh, Hit the subscribe button on those platforms and rate us a review if you like our podcast, or even if you don't, just give us some criticism. Uh, Find us on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Spurs and our website at 4starspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs.